We have been hitting refresh on Sony Pictures YouTube channel for days, weeks, months, and it's finally here. The wait is finally over. The Spider-Man No Way Home trailer has arrived, and this is our in-depth analysis of everything that just went down. For those who want our raw reactions to the trailer in video form, we recorded a little trailer reaction video posted over on my YouTube channel. The link is in the description of this podcast down below. But for now, let's get started. It is an emergency edition of the Direct Podcast, and it starts right now. Oh. My. God. The Spider-Man trailer is here. This is our raw reaction. This is our emergency podcast. So many emotions are going through my head right now, Matt. We both just watched it. We're going to sync up those videos, put it in nice, beautiful video form for you all. But now we're here. We're here. We're home. We're on the podcast feed, ready to just regurgitate emotion and energy and vibrancy from everything we just saw. I want to go to you first because my mind is in a pretzel. How happy are you right now? I wasn't there for the end of the war, but I feel like I had to feel something like this. We made it. <laughs> you know, this is this is something that, you know, I feel like we've been waiting on this trailer for months and months. But if I'm being completely honest, when I look back at this entire experience with this trailer specifically, I will I will remember the past 48 hours. The the most intense fandom I've ever seen for something like this and and we got so many answers that I never expected us to get. And this movie is, it's got a lot of stuff going on. And I can't wait to dive into what all this means. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I do want to take the time to appreciate the past 48 hours, as you said, because people can compare the hype of the Infinity War and Endgame trailers to this. But these past two days, I feel, put Spider-Man in a completely different ballpark. It's playing a completely different game. The hype for those trailers were was there, but they didn't have any leaks. It didn't have any panic about where is it? Oh, my God, there's something that's a little too blurry for me. It was very systematic. It was dropping on you know December, November, five months out. We were getting so close to this release before seeing our first, first footage. So it's almost like it's operating a completely different game, a completely different uh, library, not even the same book. But yeah, so many emotions are going through my head right now. We got just enough, but also way more than I was expecting. Like, oh my God, this was yeah. a this was a quote unquote teaser trailer. Sure. They gave the plot of the movie in the teaser sure. trailer. Man, I know right. you've been doing a shit ton of trailer research the past couple of weeks, just writing a bunch of articles about trailers in general, but specifically linked to Spider-Man. The teaser trailer is supposed to get you hype. This got us hype. But it also gave away a lot of story beats that we would usually save for an official trailer. I do want to ask you about those story beats. But first, from a trailer analysis perspective, did we get too much official stuff in a teaser? It's hard to say yes or no at this point. Um, You know, yes, we're going to get one more official trailer. That's going to be like, what, four and a half minutes long? This is three minutes. Yeah, wow. Like this was a long one. Um, so we're going to get one more official trailer that will give us a lot more, but keep in mind, there's going to be featurettes. There's going to be this, that, the other. So as much as this seemed to give us in this teaser trailer, and it gave us a lot, like you said, it at least gave us the a plot of this movie. Um, you know, we we've learned over the past few projects in the MCU, these trailers are holding back some of the best parts from these projects. We both walked out of black widow and Shang-Chi saying, wow, how many amazing moments could they have used in the trailer that they didn't? And I think that's a trend that's going to continue here. But I agree, for a teaser trailer, to give away 
the the how and the why um of all of that's happening in this movie um right away is a uh, i did not expect that i definitely didn't expect what that how and why were and the tone itself there was three minutes of this so i had a, enough time to get a hold of the tone at least what they're trying to present i didn't expect any of this Right. And it's kind of a trademark with these Spider-Man trailers specifically. Infamously, the Homecoming trailer gave away way too much in terms of Peter and Tony kind of having some growing pains midway through the movie. And then, of course, the third act was saved. But we knew going into the third act, okay, he's going to have his suit taken away. He's going to have to earn it back. That kind of hero's journey with Far From Home, even though everyone who's ever heard of a comic book, let alone read one, knows Mysterio is a bad guy, yet they kept all the bad guy Mysterio stuff out of the trailer. They tried to market him as a hero so that that twist had a little more weight, but they still kept the narrative focused on the elementals and everything. This trailer now, we don't necessarily know who the main bad guy is. They're trying to market it as Doc Ock, which is so damn sick, but I feel like it's a red herring as they've done in the past with Spider-Man trailers because it's so early in the game. And with everything that we're anticipating with this movie, you got to imagine that this was a necessary evil per se. They needed to give us the big multiverse twist and a little seed so that when we eventually do get to the position of Toby and Andrew and Norman Osborn played once again by Willem Dafoe, it'll feel like earned, but at the same time, we won't be begging them for more because I feel like this trailer, you know, I could be wrong in 24 hours, but I feel like this trailer satisfied a lot of fans. I feel like not a lot of people are going to leave this trailer and go, oh, but what about Toby? What about Andrew? I'm leaving this trailer super stoked for this movie. I was already going to buy a ticket opening weekend regardless, but now I'm calm for the next month, I'd say, if we don't get any new footage. What are your thoughts on all that? I... I agree with that last thing you said. This is what I needed to get to the finish line. I don't care if I don't see another second of this movie before I go. This is all I needed. But as far as, you know, giving away that much as a negative, you got to think about this movie. And, you know, like I said, the past 48 hours, so many questions. Are Toby and Andrew going to be in it? How many of these villains are the villains from the real universe or variants or what's going on? How did anybody get there? You know, all these different things. You had, I feel like in this trailer, go, having people going into this movie, they had to answer at least one of those big questions. And this is the one they decided to answer. They they decided to teach us before we even go to this movie how this multiverse breaks open in the Peter Parker story. You know, how between Stephen Strange and Peter Parker, how did this break open? Um, and they, And they gave that to us. So we don't have to, we don't have to learn that while we watch this movie for the first time. And it will allow us to understand everything that happens afterwards more efficiently. So I think that, you know, with, with such a big scaling movie, when you take enough risk in a movie, you have to take some safer choices in the trailers. And I think this is one of them. And I think it's a smart move because it's training the audience for what's about to come because what's about to come is going to be complicated, confusing, wacky, and awesome. And uh, I think that they're doing a good job playing it safe at at least getting us up to that level. Yeah, because the casual fans, diehards as well, leading up to any movie, the hype is real with the MCU at this point. People read websites like thedirect.com, websites like our boys at comicbook.com because they want to educate themselves beforehand rather than retrospectively. No one wants to leave a movie and go, that was a little confusing. Let me go look it up. Oh, that makes sense now. Damn, I wish I knew that going in. It's a great point that you make about 
plant the seeds now of this multiversal spell is going to be cast in order to protect Peter's identity once again, so that anyone confused by this trailer going to hop on a quick Google search, Dr. Strange spell. How does that work? And then we're going to have dozens of articles on the direct.com explaining it very, very clear to anyone who is confused going forward. Now, I got to ask you, since you're going to be the one breaking down this trailer with a wonderful trailer breakdown on the direct.com probably you'll anyone who's listening to this podcast is probably listening to it Friday, August 23rd. But if you're catching this on Saturday or any of the prior or any of the subsequent days, uh, we will have that trailer breakdown live on the site. Were there any frames immediately? You know, I know you haven't done the frame by frame analysis yet, but any frames immediately that stuck out to you that you want to put a little Matt Remke tickler file on? I mean, first and foremost, the Inception stuff, you know, we saw that in Doctor Strange, you know, where the cities fold in on each other and we get all these incredible visual shots, put a red little Spider-Man in the middle of that and I'm here for it. And I think those shots are going to just be spectacles in this world. You look back to Far From Home and what um, uh, John Watts. Yeah. John Watts was able to do. Sorry. Uh, I got Mark Webb on the brain, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, but, me too, kind of. Um, um it's what John Watts was able to do with far from home with those visuals and just using the practicality to really make a stunning movie from a visual effects standpoint, unexpectedly stunning for a Spider-Man film. Um, you know, just to bring another level of that with the Dr. Strange abilities is going to be that, that shot, that gifable shot that we all talked about. So just off the top of my head, that's one uh, that I'm really excited about you. Do you have any uh, single shots that you're thinking of? I mean, it's, it's the it's the pumpkin bomb, right? Like pumpkin bomb. Sure. I, I I lost my mind. The Osborne, not even specifically Norman or Harry, but the Osborne concept is one of my fra- favorite in comics. I do hope that bringing in, uh, uh, oh my god, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. I literally said his name five minutes ago, and my Dude. brain is just fried right now. I hope that bringing in Willem Dafoe doesn't detract the MCU from having their own Norman Osborne one day, but. I think reusing him makes it a little unlikely. Regardless, though, Norman Osborn, Willem Dafoe, one of my favorite characters from that Raimi trilogy. He played him so beautifully. And even though he was killed off in the first movie, he still made appearances in the subsequent films, kind of talking to Harry all deranged through the mirror and everything. And while you might yeah, look back scene. at that, it's, it's campy, it's comic booky, <laughs> but I, I, it's got a special place in my heart. And the Raimi it's, trilogy it's, as a whole has a special place in my heart. So to see music. it resurrected like this, yeah. to see Alfred Molina, Doc Ock back in the flesh, oh my God, it gave the me laugh, The laugh when the, the bomb rolls up, like, yep. that, was, that, that got me. That, that was a pop and I was excited about it. Um, this movie is going to be super nostalgia filled, but I, from what I gather from this trailer, based on the 90-10 balance, if you will, 90% of this was new story. 10% was multiverse nostalgia stuff. Sure, that'll probably turn into a 70-30 by the time the film comes out. It may even get 50-50. But right now, even though we have our worries about this being too much fan service and not enough engaging story, right now I have full faith in this movie and being a good movie at the end of the day and not ending up like a polarizing TASM 2 or Spider-Man 3. And even if it ends up like one of those, I'm still a happy man because I love both those movies. I will say, I also love both those movies. I love every Spider-Man movie, okay? The the worries about, you know, is it more fans to ever see than, is the story going to sacrifice from doing all of these big pop moves with the multiverse and the different villains and stuff? I am a. I'm not less worried about it after that trailer. 
You know okay. what I mean? That is a nerve that was not calmed uh, blatantly after one watch of the trailer. I might need to watch it again. But just um, the like you mentioned earlier, the fact that they are bringing in the Green Goblin, we heard the laugh, so we know it's Willem Dafoe. It is Norman Osborn. Does that cancel him out for the rest of the MCU? I'd have to think yes, because I can't. I I don't see a world where they literally just adapt everything that happened in Spider-Man one. Because one, the guy died. Two, you know that means you get all of that baggage that comes with it. And having a variant of Norman Osborn be set in six one six MCU proper, if it's not Willem Dafoe, it's going to be a jarring thing for common audiences and an annoying thing for us. So I do think that is the you know that's the that's the Osborne card it's played, and um, while I'm excited to see it in this movie, don't get me wrong, I I, I just question is it going to be worth it? Knowing moving forward, we're probably not getting an MCU Osborne. We're likely not going to get an MCU Osborne. But my second thing, uh, the tone of this was so not what I was expecting. You know, the first the first bit with the identity and the identity crisis and having to deal with it. And he says, I wonder if there's a way to fix it. And he goes and he finds Stephen Strange. The The conversation between Peter and Stephen Strange was so, um, you know, casual. Yeah. It was, it was definitely less serious than I thought it would be. And Stephen Strange was even being super tongue in cheek about it. That's not what I was expecting at all. And when that moment happens and the multiverse breaks open and it's because Peter was talking too much, that's the scene I predict gets cut differently. Uh, when we see it on screen yeah I, I completely agree i also want to know why wong is so cautious about this whole spell being cast because in terms of dr strange sure wong's been around longer as a sorcerer but dr strange is supposed to be the best of us so why is stephen strange deviating from wishes that wong has is wong even right to criticize what strange is about to do is he criticizing what Strange is about to do or having worry because of what happens if Peter interferes a little bit and things go completely wonky? That's something I'm keeping my eye on. A big thing I did want to talk about, though, was the whole nature of the trial and him going to school. One of my favorite scenes, wildly, from Batman v Superman. I can't believe I'm making that comparison oh, here. the courtroom scene. The courtroom scene with Superman. You know, Amazing. Superman, friend or foe, like, like son of God, or is he a devil in disguise and all that? That was one of the best scenes in that movie. And even though the execution could have been better, the idea of putting a superhero on trial is phenomenal. I love that concept. And yeah. putting not only a superhero, but a kid, a kid. Yeah, exactly. One of my favorite exactly. shows last year from Apple TV Plus, Defending Jacob, miniseries with Chris Evans. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Chris Evans plays an attorney general and his son, his high school age son, freshman in high school is accused of murder and watching a kid go through a trial it's heartbreaking and seeing peter parker who in canon at this time what sophomore turning into a junior junior maybe going senior regardless he's still in high school and there are billboards in new york city saying public enemy number one with his face on it that is terrifying regardless of of the gravitas of the mcu yeah sure uh, bitch you've been to space bitch you saved the world Bitch, your face is now public enemy number one. That's scary. That's scarier than Thanos, in my opinion. That, that's exposure. That's overexposure. Yeah. You know, uh, when I say that in terms of yeah, like I know, I get 7 it. I billion get it. people in the world po pointing their phone at you, I'd rather it. fight a mad titan personally. <laughs> I get it. No, I I understand. And I, I'm excited for that story thread. I really am. I think 
they they did a great job. The first half of this trailer did a really good job with the identity crisis storyline, and it's something that I'm super inter- interested in. It's it's just crazy to me that um, it's a favor that leads Doctor Strange to pull this trigger. Something's up with Stephen Strange. That's the biggest takeaway I have from this trailer. So he does some something's weird with him, man. He's he's wearing the sweatpants. I know they're everywhere. Oh you're wait, you're thinking scroll. I mean, what were you thinking? I was just wondering why the hell there's snow all in the Sanctum Sanctorum. What's there's up with that? There's snow. He's got the sweatpants. He's being super casual about this favor Peter's asking him. It, it seems out of character for Doctor Strange to say yes to that favor. So what is that other thing? What is this ulterior motive? What about the multiverse do we not know? Uh, the line from the trailer that's probably going to get clipped the most, Liam, uh, we know frighteningly little about the multiverse. So it's really exciting for the audience, us knowing what happened in Loki. Um, you know, we know more about the multiverse than Stephen Strange, and it's going to be exciting to see him learn alongside. I bad, you know, journalist here. Is that, is that a line in the trailer? Because I was kind of talking over yeah. during my reaction. Yeah, we don't, we don't, something along the lines of we know frightening, fright, frighteningly little about the multiverse. Oh my God. That makes Kang cool. so much scarier. It does. It really does. But like, it's, it's that scale that we know is a lot. The identity crisis that you pointed out, that is like a really awesome personal Peter Parker story that they can dive into merging those together. So casually just seems so strange to me. I feel like there's some, there, there's a piece missing from this story that I think is really going to tie everything together really well. I cannot wait to find out what that is. I also want to know why Doc Ock is attacking him specifically when he's kind of on his way to his trial, you know, just going back through this trailer right now and clicking different frames, he jumps up onto the car and he's in a full suit. He looks like he's about to go defend himself in court. And this is when Doc Ock attacks. Why? Was this strategic or was this purely chaotic? Was he sent through a portal and attacking him on a whim? Cause there's Peter Parker and no, oh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, he's got to die. Or is this systematic? Is this someone is sending him, Hey, the kid's trial is in 30 minutes go attack the highway real quick. It's it, 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 that's a great question. But the, the thing about speculating about that is we do know the turning point of this movie is when he's doing the spell with the bands and Peter comes in and talks too much and messes him up, which I, I, I think that's going to be cut differently. Um, when, when he does it and he messes up the spell and there's that, that explosion, that's when it turns. That's when the villain, that's when we first see the lightning bolts and then the grenade, and then the octopus arms. Um, you know, that's when that starts. So, like, we do know, like, at that point in the movie is when the multiverse stuff starts happening. When is the trial before or after that? Is it, wouldn't it kind of be weird to have that big multiverse moment and then, okay, I got to go to my trial? Yeah, that's you what, what I'm I mean? trying to piece together right now. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm really curious on the pacing of this movie because, doesn't this kind of give you, um, retrospectively, obviously, looking back, doesn't this kind of give you in-game vibes where the trailers gave us so much amazing story and so many things that we theorized and talked about and 25 minutes into the movie, it was used up and we had a completely different story in our hands. Like when, okay, let's use the, everyone's going to forget Peter Parker. I do like the idea of him being freaked out. Well, what about Ned? What about May? What about MJ? And real you know, quick for that, 
there needs to be consequences, just like how Endgame, well, well, everyone's obviously going to come back. There's franchises. They're literally filming Spider-Man Far From Home. Black Panther 2 has been announced. All these characters are going to come back. How do we make Infinity War have weight to it? Five-year gap. The world is in chaos. The Global Repatriation Council. Falcon Winter They've Soldier. They've been through it. Right. There needs to be consequences if Peter's identity is going to be secretive again and having his friends forget their relationship is freaking awesome. It it, mops, it it mops up while also leaving some residue, which is essential. I completely agree. No, it's fine. I completely agree. I like that. So that moment when the spell is happening, it messes up. The multiverse opens a little bit, I guess. And for whatever reason, these villains from the multiverse that know a Peter Parker is now after our Peter Parker. Remember the intent of that spell he was casting was to make sure nobody ever knew Spider-Man was Peter Parker. Does this flip to now people from other universes know that Spider-Man is Peter Parker now? But so my question is all that, that seems like the climax, at least the climax between the first and second act, or, you know, one of the, penultimate climaxes of the movie right that's the turning point of the film from the identity crisis to the sinister six storyline minutes in more or less 40 minutes i do you understand what i'm asking when in the movie do you think that moment happens i think over under 40 is almost on the dot perfect i might if we're gonna get really specific i'll toss you a 33 a 37 maybe regardless The footage we've seen, the footage we've seen so far from this trailer, I think is purely act one, just act one. When you break down the movie into the three act structure, end game being right before they go to time travel, act two being they get to work, they execute time travel, act three being they fight Thanos in present day and all the consequences come afterwards. This is all purely act one. I feel like Doc Ock arriving is the last scene before the turning point, before we get to act two. Where really we get act Electro, where we get probably Norman Osborn. And then Act 3, Act 3 is, I think, Toby, Andrew, and more surprises that there have been no rumors about. Okay. I say that very ominously as if, like, I know something. I don't know anything. I don't. Mm-hmm. But Shang-Chi and Black Widow delivered two very big surprises that I, myself, who dig through rumors and speculation and write about this stuff for a living, I didn't even see those coming. I think Spider-Man No Way Home has some tricks up their sleeve that they're not showing us at all yet. I couldn't agree more. I'm excited to speculate about it moving forward over these next few months. Um, I I just want to shout out anybody who stuck to their guns on the whole Doctor Strange is going to make everybody... Oh, the leak too. But um, the whole Doctor Strange is going to make everybody forget you know, Peter Parker's Spider-Man thing. That's what happened in the comics and they're doing it here, like just straight up and down. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no two ways around it. Peter Parker simply asked Dr. Strange for a favor to have everybody forget. So that is the, the how I cannot wait to see them kind of flesh that out a little bit. I'm excited for the exploration of that particular moment as to why Stephen Strange is on board with that. That's my biggest takeaway from this. Why Stephen Strange participating in this at all? Um, but, um, I am excited because it does past that moment. It opens up so many opportunities, but getting to that moment, I think is going to be the very important part of this movie because everything after that is going to be, like you said, nostalgia, a little fan service, but we know that emotional core is coming. We know that third act is going to have some gripping situation happen where Tom Holland gets to act his ass off. And you know, this is Spider-Man. So getting into the end of this movie 
it's going to propel him even farther into the MCU. And I can't wait to see what they do with that. Just as WandaVision was nine weeks of some of my favorite speculation and community building in this comic book world that we are so grateful to be a part of, just as Loki, even though it was kind of a a start-stop speed once we got to episodes five and six, it really felt like we were hitting the gas. I feel like this is a turning point, man. I feel like we are in almost a new phase unofficially of the Direct Podcast as we've speculated for so long about Spider-Man rumors, about Spider-Man trailers. The very first episode is titled, the first episode of the Direct Podcast is titled, Jamie Foxx joins Spider-Man 3. We've been with this damn movie since day one, and we just got our first footage, and I feel like we're in a turning point. We got three months and three weeks until this releases on December 17th, 2021, and we're just getting started. There's going to be so much more news, so much more features, so much more speculation, so many more Spider-Man-themed drafts, Spider-Man-themed fan casts, maybe. Who knows? We have endless possibilities, and I can't be more excited to get into all those. Matt, I'm excited for this journey. It's going to be a good one, man. I'm going to pour myself a glass of whiskey and break this trailer down frame by frame. I'm going to have Liam send me all of his notes, send me all of his thoughts and theories so I can, you know, team effort over here at the direct.com. Thank you everybody for listening. Hit us with those reviews, hit us with those shares, tell your friends because guys, you're going to want to get on this ride before Spider-Man no way home hits because it's going to get fun. And real quick, just because I love doing these social interactions at Matt Remke, R O E M B as in boy K E at Liam T Crowley spelled as it sounds use hashtag the direct podcast and screenshot share your favorite frame from this trailer with us on socials we'd love to see it i'll toss you a retweet i'll give you my comments as well and honestly it'll help matt with the trailer breakdown so team effort collab effort community effort we love you all we'll see you friday love you guys boom i'm keeping that in